You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A a, a, a Giants podcast for Giants fans. Bye, Giants fans. It's Sean Morash and Tommy Lugauer. Down the sideline, into the end zone. From the offseason through the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step, step. One giant step, episode nine, week five of the podcast, not week five of the NFL, because that, of course, would be pumpkin season, and we're in the midst of an extreme heat wave, which has been beautiful to all of us. Tommy Lugauer, nice enough to join me, Sean Morash, of course, on one giant step. The co-host here, but you know, he's trying to run off to the beach after we do this, have a little day with the sharks, enjoy himself. Uh, Tommy, leaving the city, you've been doing a nice Long Island weekend since uh, we last met and head back to the beach, huh? Yep, uh, at the beach yesterday, another like really hot day. It was great though to relax, a couple of white claws, enjoying the weather. Uh, I will say this I am, as you know, afraid of the dark in my own shadow. You can hear is people talking about the sharks. And like, I watch it, I'm thinking like little sharks. I watch the news. I'm like, this is like Jaws. I'm like, I'm not going yeah. anywhere near the water. So, yeah. Yeah. Enjoy is... the sun. Enjoy the uh, nice couple cold ones. Yeah. This is pool season. Officially, if there are sharks all about, we have more shark attacks than anything. So, who knows? And by the way, can they be called an attack if they're just a bite? There seems to be a lot of argument with that. I think on this podcast specifically, and we'll see where the road takes us. I mean, last podcast, we didn't think the road was going to take us down Colin Johnson, which, by the way, did we get any answers as to why uh, he'd be sold? Not yet. I'm working on it, though. I will have some. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Okay. You're going to get a lot of Daniel Jones, which I'm sure you'll get a lot of Daniel Jones, period, this season on one giant step, I would think. But here's where I'm going to start with Daniel Jones. There's a couple different angles here to go. First of all, did you know? Did I was I the only giant fan oblivious to this cornhole thing he was doing? Um, I didn't know until a couple of days later. I, I I saw I think McAfee show talked about it or something like that. Yes, I like, which I want to get to. Yes, I was like, what Daniel Jones? And, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what the heck is this about? So yeah, I I found out a few days after the story came out. All right, so I, I too, so the, the clip is out there on YouTube and Twitter, the McAfee show talking about it. McAfee, obviously not an Odyssey property, which we are, but go, we're not going to play the audio, but you can find it. So I listened and watched the audio because I wasn't aware. First of all, I think I need, I hate doing this because it's such a good show, but I need to caution every Giant fan out there, and I'm sure a good Giant fan picked up on this, if you heard and listened to the clip about McAfee talking about the cornhole thing. If you listen to that show or that clip, which was six minutes long, you would think one of a couple things. Number one, that Daniel Jones really is going to be a professional cornhole player, which he is not. And just last night, I could tell you, a few beverages in this professional cornhole league came up. 
And it's, they've been doing this whole pro-am thing. Kyle Van Noy is in it. Mike, the situation from Jersey Shore is in it. Uh, there was another quarterback that's slipping my mind that's in it. And then I looked up and I realized, oh, this is a thing. And Daniel Jones now has been eliminated, by the way. So he's not even as good as some of these other guys at it. So I guess it went a little viral because of how Daniel Jones looked. Like he looked the part like a cornhole player. But this wasn't like Daniel Jones jumped in with a bunch of guys. No, no, they had a ton of NFL players involved with this cornhole thing. The other part of this McAfee clip that really bothered me, Lou Gow, I don't know if you picked up on it. And this is where I think you need, and this is why you should be coming to one giant step every week with, with giant fans talking about this or following close along. WFAN is a perfect example of this. When you listen to sometimes, unfortunately, a lot of national products, and I'm part of one on CBS Sports Radio, but one thing I could damn well tell you is you're going to get right Giants info on it on the DA show. But, dude, they spent six minutes and they're talking about Oh, maybe Daniel Jones could do this to me. Oh, Saquon's comeback year. Saquon stinks. They don't even realize that. Also, they go on and on and on about Evan Neal, how great he's going to be, maybe left tackle. And they go, they also drafted an offensive lineman in the first round last year. So maybe the offensive line's around. No, they didn't draft an offensive lineman in the first year. And what they were reaching for and trying to grab was the name Andrew Thomas. They never got there. And that was a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. That wasn't last year. So they couldn't even tell you who the last tackle they drafted is, who might be the Giants, frankly, the best player on offense to begin with is Andrew Thomas. On top of that, they have this whole conversation. They finally get to, and it must have been somebody back there looking it up that they have Kenny Galladay. Oh, okay, they use him. You can't spend six minutes talking about offensive weapons, A, not know who they took in the first round last year, and B, not mention the name Kadarius Tony, Lou Gower. Wow, they didn't mention Tony? It was like they didn't know Kadarius Tony existed. Yeah, wow. Which, uh, I, and in I'm some like, ways, neither did Giant fans last year. But I No, yeah. but, but and Lou Gower, look, and I know the Giants have their problems. I bring this up because... What we have no control of what happens to Daniel Jones. If he finally the light bulb goes on with, with Dable, great. If he sucks, great. If he gets hurt, I mean, not great, but if he sucks, whatever. Like, that's what you expect at this point, right? But you can't have an honest conversation if you're going to be in the camp of, hey, I think Daniel Jones, you know, bad coaching, which is the theme of it. I don't disagree with that part of it. You know, he could step it up this year, hand eye coordination with Cornhole. If you're going to have that conversation, you better know that last year's first round pick was Kadarius Tony because you make the case. He's their most dangerous weapon. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, I, both of us uh, agree on this. I think you saw flashes of, of an Odell Beckham with the type of ability yeah. that, that Tony has. Um, honestly, frankly, he reminds me of Beckham a lot, both on and off the field, but we're talking about on the field right now. He's the kind of guy that can wreck a game. Uh, you know, Galladay has uh, his abilities, but but Tony's that guy that really has special talent. Now, we'll see if the Giants can harness that talent. We'll see if Tony can put it all together. But as far as pure ability goes, I mean, Tony's got it in spades. So there's a guy that could be an electric player uh, for the Giants for his whole career if he's if he's a Giant for his entire life. Yeah, for sure. So my, this is my roundabout way of saying this is a clip that went viral. A, Daniel Jones not going to play cornhole. B, really, really be careful as you get excited for football coverage this August with training camps now open who you go to and who you lean on when wanting to talk about pos- – if you're looking to reach down for positives about the New York Giants and have a conversation with your buddy at the beach in the pool, hey, did you hear what this one said? He thinks it could be pretty good. It took that six-minute clip to realize don't listen to the Pat McAfee show if you want positive Giant thoughts because they don't even know who the heck's on the roster. That was, that was basically – and fine show, good show. And McAfee goes viral a lot and everything. But for New York Giants coverage, they have no idea what's going on with the roster. No idea whatsoever. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Secondly, the Madden ratings are out. We had a little discussion in our group chat on this. Sam Darnold with a higher Madden rating than Daniel Jones. Are we freaking kidding me? Yeah, I mean, dude, I don't know how much credence you put into to Madden ratings. I, I get it's a video game, but it's it's a pop culture thing now, and and it's huge, and like it, it just gets so much buzz. And and I think a lot of ways it, it becomes talking points for, for for radio and for for podcasts. But dude, Sam Darnold stinks. The idea that backup quarterbacks have a higher Madden rating than Daniel Jones, and look, Daniel Jones has had turnover issues and injuries, and so many different offensive coordinators, and got stuck with Jason Garrett who took away two of his biggest strengths, throwing the ball deep and letting the guy run around a little bit. And here's my other thing about Daniel Jones. You figure the guy's like a 97 speed. So what the hell is the other ratings for him to average out to his well, that's the thing. Him and Lamar Jackson are probably the most athletic quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kyler Murray, Lamar, you know, that. those are the guys. So athletic, athletic-wise, uh, athleticism, he should be pretty highly rated. So he's got to just be god-awful in every other category to be below. Dude, Sam Darnold cannot play. Is Sam Darnold, I mean, maybe as a backup, is Sky even in the league in a couple years? Uh, when I when I saw Zach well, Wilson, I, I went nuts. But Darnold, come on. At least if you're giving me Zach Wilson, you're giving me on potential. Me, potential. Which, by the way, I'd argue you shouldn't when you're mad now and you can, you know, basically change the ratings every month uh, with the live feed. It ain't like when we were growing up playing Madden on Super Nintendo and uh, <laughs> basically what you got was what you got. And when you talk about that, Lugie, I would ask this. If the Giants hired Brian Dable and they went in, let's say Tyrod Taylor was just going to be their starter and that's where they wanted to go. And they made Daniel Jones available. And... uh Baker Mayfield and the Browns have patched up and Carolina didn't like Darnold. And they said, we need somebody to put, we're going to trade for Daniel Jones. Who the hell do you think is winning that quarterback competition? Jones. Me too. Right. <laughs> Me too. I mean, right. what are we like, doing? I, I, it's, it's so. Oh wait, it's not like this, Daniel Jones. Also, whether you thought the Giants should take him at six or not, whether you thought they should take him at six or not, he was still a projected first round pick one way or another. It's not as if he was drafted and the assumption was complete bum. He was expected to be a first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, the, what, what they're telling you, the people at Madden are telling you, is that Jones doesn't even have potential anymore. And and, and uh, good, listen, if you gave me Trevor Lawrence or Daniel Jones, obviously Trevor Lawrence, but I think Lawrence is like a 76, and that's all on potential because Trevor Lawrence, I mean, there were people last year debating whether this guy could play or not, and I right. still think he can. I mean, Another you're example of bad coaching can cost you as a young quarterback. No doubt. We've seen it before where you could totally wreck a kid. Now, like I said, we'll see if Jones can make progressions here with Dable. But, yeah, he is. he has not been, and the ownership has come out and said this, they haven't put the guy in the right spot. They have it. They, they broke him. They, they, they kind of ruined him in some ways or did wrong by him. I think that was the Maricope. But, yeah, I mean, listen, the it, it, it's just – it's jarring when there are backup quarterbacks – in the league with higher Madden ratings than, than Daniel Jones. And look, he could prove people wrong here. But it, when I saw that, I was like, that that's comical. I mean, it, it's just, it, it, he shouldn't be rate, like 73, 74, but Sam Darnold has no business who basically they, they, they wanted anybody, but him at quarterback 
should not be high, rated higher than Jones. And one thing that's always going to bother me about Jones, and it's unfortunate, but whenever you have a Daniel Jones conversation, if you're like a real troll that hates Daniel Jones, you always come back with the gif or the video of him falling in Philadelphia, which, okay, I could laugh at. It's not, it's not the worst. Oh, this Daniel, you'll get this. Oh, this Daniel Jones that can't stay on his feet. Hey, doofus face. Go back. And you want to you kill Daniel Jones for a lot of things, the fumbles and everything. It's fine. Daniel Jones can run the heck out of the football. No doubt. He, he had one clumsy moment. Like I've had conversations with people, and it's so obvious they don't watch Giants games. When I talk about Daniel Jones running, they're like, dude, come on, he fell down in Philadelphia. Like, that's one of, what, 200 runs he's had in his career where he takes off. That's why he's hurt all the time, too, because he doesn't stop running and taking shots. And, oh, by the way, for all the Giants' deficiencies at scoring touchdowns, that drive where he fell down was actually a drive that ended in a touchdown. So it didn't even cost the team. It's funny because now all of a sudden I feel like I'm, I'm starting to – defend Jones and get on the Jones train here, but the no, two but there things, is, there is, a, well, there is room to defend Jones a little bit. Well, now it's the, getting out of hand. The, well, here's what I would say. The two things he does best play to the modern NFL, which is throw the ball deep and run. Like right. in theory, those are two qualities that should make you a quarterback. The thing about tripping, first of all, if Evan Ingram catch the ball, the, the tripping thing gets forgotten about, except for the circles that want to be trolls. Right. And it was a great run too. Yeah. He fell at the end. He didn't, he didn't complete it. It was like a great movie and they kind of botched the ending, right? Like right. it was so close to being one of the top plays. I mean, that would have been played on the Daniel Jones highlight reel for the rest of his career. Now, unfortunately it's going to be a low light because he tripped at the end and it was just, it sort of embodied uh, that season in a lot of ways right. and that game for sure. And, and, it, and it added to another disaster against the Eagles. And in a lot of ways, if Daniel Jones never makes it as a quarterback, They'll replay that over and over again. But you're you're reaching on that one. Like, it's not like there have been, like, funny, stupid plays in the NFL that are deserving to be mocked. That's not one of them. The guy had a right. great run, and at the very end, he lost his balance, and he fell. It's, uh, I, I, that's, just, that's, that's just trying to rip the guy to rip the guy. Now, then, then, oh, you're totally right. So on the Daniel Jones front, I can't – by the way, me and Lugie did the podcast, the last podcast, from my backyard bar. And we did a lot on uniforms and everything. And we often make make jokes as we you know, still are early in this endeavor on one giant step. All right, things to talk about. They're not playing the games yet. Training camp's still here. It's unbelievable how there just seemingly always will be stuff to pop up once practices start and odds get going. Here's the next nugget from Daniel Jones I wanted to get to. Right now, in Vegas... The betting favorite to land Jimmy Garoppolo is the Cleveland Browns at plus 225. Tied for second are the Seattle Seahawks and the New York Giants at plus 350. What are we doing? You're flushing money down the toilet. First of all, Jimmy G has a 24.2 cap hit. So unless the Niners eat all the salary to take him, or they cut him and the Giants sign him to like the dirtiest cheap deal there is, they're not getting Jimmy Garoppolo. Also, this is a new GM. And a new head coach. And whoever they bring in, if it's Jimmy Garoppolo or next year, if they draft a quarterback, that is who they are tying themselves to as far as who they think they will be successful with. They get by with the Daniel Jones situation, not picking up his option this year, because if he ends up being awesome and Dables fixed him, it looks great on the head coach and they can figure out a way to franchise him, short bridge deal, whatever it is. If he stinks then they, in theory, haven't lost a year on their track before they could be fired. They go figure out their quarterback next year. 
this team, just the same way they didn't draft Malik Willis when he fell in the second round, this they're not going to get in Jimmy Garoppolo. They can't afford him, nor do they want to tie themselves to him. And what is Jimmy Garoppolo going to do for this team? Like, like I both both of us are down on Jimmy G. I mean, he is a middle of the road quarterback. I get. Well, I, I like Super Bowl, Jimmy G. Champion. Sean, is Jimmy G a game? Champion? He's so good. No, no, no. He's so good that a team that went to the championship game, went to a Super Bowl, is ready to win, doesn't want him at quarterback, and drafted another quarterback. Don't, what is don't misinterpret. I think the 49ers are doing the same thing in many ways that the Giants will do and should do, and that is you like a quarterback. You see the things that he can be a very good quarterback, but he's just not a next-level quarterback, and you should always shoot for the next-level quarterback. You no should doubt. want elite quarterback play, which is what they're shooting for Trey Lance, which I, in many ways I feel the same way about Jimmy G as I do Daniel Jones, which – I think he's much better than people think he is. Much better, but he's not an elite quarterback. So I think that that you're, if you're a franchise like the 49ers and you trade up for Trey Lance, you think he's going to be an elite quarterback. But that being said, Jimmy G, do I think he'd win football games with the Giants? Yeah, but he, I don't think Jimmy G elevates him to a level. And also, like you talked about, the two things that Daniel Jones does well in the modern NFL, right? Run the ball, throw the deep ball, and, and Jason Garrett didn't want to throw the deep ball. Right. Jimmy G, not really a great deep ball throw. throw. No, no, not at all. And, 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 and this is something where the Giants going to need to attack now in this offense. No doubt. And, and we've seen, to me, we have seen the peak of Jimmy Garoppolo. We know what he is as a quarterback. There is still an argument to be made that we have not seen a healthy Daniel Jones with weapons around him, with a guy that knows what he's doing calling plays. We have not seen that Daniel Jones yet. So the potential... I mean, the, the folks at Madden don't think there's any, but in reality, there is. And if we see it over the course of 17 games where he's healthy and he's got receivers around him that are healthy and the guy calling plays knows what he's doing and they play to his strengths, we'll see. But Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I hate throwing our game manager because I think he's better, a little better than that, but he's just not going to excite the fan base to me. And also, too, this is just not a situation the Giants need to get involved with. And I understand Vegas has intel and they know and all this stuff. Cleveland for sure because it's 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 the Sean yeah. Watson insurance. And Watson only counts on one mil of the cap this year, which is really important. Correct. It's just to me, I I don't get it. I think uh, Mike Tannenbaum came out last week and was saying that the Giants should go get Jimmy G. I just I don't see it from any angle, and I don't. And it's not a move that's going to excite the fan base. I I know they're down on Jones, but Jimmy G is not a quarterback that's going to well, step in here and get you all excited because he's just he's a solid average quarterback. And I'd also push on this. If the Giants had any inkling or belief they would get Jimmy G, first and foremost, Jimmy G being available, in theory, he was just given, you know, rights to find a team to match with, right? Hmm. We all knew Jimmy G was available this offseason last April when they drafted Trey Lance third overall, okay? So when the Giants go and get Tyrod Taylor to start the offseason, they don't get Tyrod Taylor if they think that they're going to be in the mix for Jimmy G at any point or want to be in the mix for Jimmy G at any point. Because why wouldn't you just wait it out then? Right, exactly. And, and that's the other thing, too. You have a Tyrod Taylor. So, I mean, I'm not saying Tyrod Taylor is anything special. I'm but. not either, but he's not Mike Glennon. He's nope. not even Cole McCoy. Tyrod Taylor is one of the higher-level backup quarterbacks in the NFL that could start a bunch of games. So if you're going to go for a Jimmy G, you don't sign a Tyrod Taylor. No, and again, when you start rostering your team with Jimmy G's and Tyrod Taylor's, you get into a situation like Carolina where you just have a bunch of quarterbacks right. that are middle Kenny of the Bridgewater, road. right. Correct. And and where is that? Where Where's the future? To me, it still is a sink or swim situation with Jones where he's healthy all year. He shows you flashes. You bring him back. 
Now you go forward with Dable or he falls flat on his face. Maybe he gets hurt. T- Taylor steps in and you draft a quarterback. To me, those are the only two options. A, a yeah. Jimmy G is just should not even be in the Dude, stratosphere. You're of so options. right. You're so right. And I know Jimmy G is a little different because he's been to a Super Bowl now, a couple NFC championship games. But you're so right about that. Like when everybody's reaching for, well, how about this guy quarterback? How about this guy for quarterback? And you talked about, we brought up Bridgewater. Tyrod Taylor is a guy we have now. Jimmy G. The perfect example of a guy like this, when you're in no man's land, a quarterback is the worst place to be and you sell yourself on excitement. I'll give you the perfect name on this. A recently retired guy, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick went to what? A million different teams and, you know, had Spurs really play well. People fell in love with the beard and those fan bases gravitated towards it. You know what all those fan bases Ryan Fitzpatrick never got to experience? A playoff game. He never made the playoffs in his entire career. Never played in a playoff. All those games started. All the, you know, whatever. Ryan Fitzpatrick, those kind of quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater, they get you just enough excitement, but there's no payoff. You still don't make the playoffs, and then you're not at the top of the draft for the elite quarterbacks anyway. And, and a lot of those teams he went to were were, were franchises that were quarterback starved. And I, dude, I get it. And we were spoiled here. And in right. a lot of ways, it's sickening that Eli didn't get the credit he deserved. But we were spoiled that we had a guy that went out there and won multiple Super Bowls, played every game. We didn't experience what some of the Jets, Bills, some of these franchises, Washington, that have tried so hard to find their quarterback. So when they see a guy like Fitzpatrick, where they're like, he's got some moxie swagger. We're gonna win. A, we're gonna win. We're gonna be competent. He's gonna have great games that he's great. I can understand where they get a little excited for that. But, like, that's just not where the Giants can be as a franchise. And they have gotten to that point now where they have been bad. At least it's been one quarterback right. that have been trying. I know he's been hurt and they've had the McCoys and the Glennons, but I'm talking about his guys you've invested in. But you can't get into a situation, bro, where you now start having a quarterback carousel with your teams because they are just going to be an NFL purgatory with that. And that does no good. And I understand more teams get, but you don't want to be battling for the last playoff yep. spot and be a middling team with, with journeyman quarterbacks. That's not where you, it, it's better than what they've been, but that's not the standards that you want for your franchise. It's certainly not the Giants' standard in their, in their history. So we've done enough depressing Daniel Jones talk here on One Giant Step, Episode 9. Again, download and subscribe wherever podcasts are available. I mean, that's Spotify, that's iTunes, it's the Odyssey app. But I do want to branch off here on our closing thoughts. It's Subway Series Week, at least the first version. Two games coming up here on Tuesday and Wednesday. Lugia Met fan, me a Yankee fan. Uh, Lugauer, we have, as two fan bases, shockingly, not the way we've had with Giants, experienced Heck of an early starts to spring and then summer. I don't know how you feel about your Mets entering this series. I couldn't be more down on the Yankees situation, especially if the Michael King fractured his elbow. So much so that it almost feels like I won't be re-excited for the Yankees again until the deadline is officially passed and I see what the roster looks like. I actually hate that this week is the Subway Series because I felt like I was going to look forward to it all year long. And it feels like it's now fallen in a two-week period where the roster is just so unstable from a Yankees point of view, the pigs are going to go shopping. I understand that. I, I've lost my juice for the Subway Series this week. Yeah, it's funny, dude. Uh, depending on when this podcast drops, this might not even be in first place. The this, Yankees this will drop on Monday morning. We are taping this full disclosure on Sunday morning. Okay, so they probably won't be in first place. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean it, that's how close. I mean, they're a half game up as we're recording this. So, I mean, it, it is it, from a Met fans' perspective. Look, they're gonna be there in the postseason. They're gonna make it in October. The, I this is what I always felt about the the Subway Series in terms of juice. I get why they do it every season. I wish they spread it out more. I get from a business perspective doing it, 
but I always wish it was every two years, every four years. But this was a year, finally, where both teams were playing really well, and now they're both limping. I will say this. Despite that, when we get to those games, there's still going to be that excitement. There's still going to be that juice because both teams overall have played well this year. And I don't disagree. Hate, and that hatred, you know, dude, I'm going to annoy you before 10 a.m. that day. And you're going to start yeah. and you're going to look on Twitter and it's going to drive you nuts because you're going to start seeing tweets from Met fans and then and vice versa. So it's always that that hatred. I always say it's like the lifeblood of the city. There'll never be peace among Met and Yankee fans. So once the games arrive, granted, both are limping in, no doubt. Both teams need to make improvements. So far, the trades the Mets have made are like, what? Uh, I mean, and, and, and by the way, and, and the trades the Yankees need to make, we thought maybe Soto, maybe Castillo. I saw the bullpen's the biggest weakness now because Chapman can't figure it out and Michael King is hurt. Well, no doubt about it. And, and the Yankees and their pitching, uh, starting and bullpen, were hallmarks and great things right. for this team. And they have struggled now. You don't know what you're going to get. Tyone, Cortez. Uh, I, I was take, we were taking calls last week that people don't trust Clay Holmes. I mean, this is yeah. the psyche of the Yankee fan, right? Clay Holmes, a guy who's been perfect most of the season. Now he's not in the circle of trust. So they have issues, the Yankees, no doubt about it. Um, they seem to have this problem with not wanting to play their best players every day. I mean, that's a bold strategy. And then you have the Mets, who now can't score any friggin' runs. I mean, they cannot score any runs. I don't know when the hell DeGrom's coming back. I am of the belief that I don't... I, could he come back? Sure. Will he stay healthy? I doubt it. But... All that being said, no doubt, both teams are crying in their beer and both fan bases are, are, are sulking going into the game. There will still be a ton of juice and a ton of buzz for it, and we'll have fun. And it, and it, and it even though I'm a Met fan, I hide under my bed because it's a no-win scenario for yeah. Met fans. Oh, no, sure. It's a no-win scenario, Sean, because guys like you, if we win those, you know this, Sean, if we take both games, there will be guys like you that go, Regular season games. Who I do believe cares? that. You're going to hang your hat on a regular season game? It's how fun. How do you do that? It is fun, but I do think you need to be careful on how far you brag about the wins. That's oh, all. I'm, I'm going to go both fan bases. Sure. It, sure. It's, you, you could have a lot of fun and you could do all the trash talk. You're in the stadium, text anybody's, haha, whatever. <laughs> but when those games are over and it's 10.01 p.m. and it's, you know, 7-5 Yankees or 9-8 Mets, whatever the final score is of those games, be very careful how much you dance on a grave after a regular season game. It's almost like you need to have all the fun leading up and in-game, the moment the game ends, move on. That's the kind of the way I feel about with those regular season games. But I don't know. And I, your point is right. The stadiums will be electric. Seven o'clock, first pitch, you know, whatever. That'll feel juicy. It'll be into it. In fact, we've made sure that we're not even taping the podcast Tuesday or Wednesday to enjoy the Subway Series. There's no doubt about it. But, like, the anticipation for the Subway Series, I I do get into it. I'm somebody who likes it every year. I do. I I do think Michael King, from a Yankee point of view, is a lot of sour grapes on me this weekend, and that's part of it. But I just – I, I want to see how the trade deadline shakes out before I'm, like, you know, shot in the arm on here come the Yankees. And because the trade deadline is so close, we're a week away. It's like you're playing these games versus a really good Met team still who is struggling and, and the fan base are battling with each other. But it feels like it's almost like wasted breaths because who the heck knows what the teams look like a week later. No doubt about it. Now, the only thing I could say is that you'll, we're going to get another crack at it in, in late August. Uh, that one might feel much bigger. No doubt. And, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, willing to admit this. There's a different energy for sure in the Bronx than there is uh, in Queens. See, uh, no, I, I, in Subway Series, I disagree. No, because I the history, because I, I'm just, it's going to bother me if there's more Yankee fans well, but or, that's or, what, or a larger percentage than I think should be 
It gets I could be way better. Off. That'll help that, as far as that. I could be way off on this, Lugie, because I've been to the Subway Series at both, as I'm sure you have as well, I have both as stadiums well. over the years. Mm-hmm. And I actually think there's better energy for the Subway Series in the City Field because of just what you're saying. You do get more of a close to mixed crowd at City Field where, for whatever reason, yes, there are Met fans that go to Yankee Stadium, but not nearly as many Met fans make that trek into the Bronx as Yankee fans make that trek to the City. Now, you may not like that from a Met fan point of view at home, but I do think it adds to the better energy in the ballpark for a rivalry game. Yeah, I mean, minus like last year where the Yankees, if you remember, they were scuffling that 4th of July series. A lot of people thought Boone was going to get fired. Yeah, and that, yeah. that felt like a home game for the Mets. And we were basically, and to your earlier point, how funny that was. Now, the Yankees obviously got knocked out in the wild card game, but the Mets didn't even make the postseason. But at that time, the Mets seemed like they were they were running the city and the Yankees looked like they were going to fire their manager, not right. make the postseason. And look what ended up happening. So right. it just goes to show you that like now both teams are going to be there in the postseason this year. So it's a little bit different. Correct. And whatever, whatever happens in these, this four games for the whole season doesn't really dictate anything. If we ha- heaven forbid got to a world series subway series, it'd be a problem. But yeah, the reason you like this stuff, Sean is because you're a troll and you like to needle the Met fans oh, and you know, you could get under the skin of me and other Met fans. That are I'm not going to do that this week. I'm not going to do oh. that. I'd argue I'm very frightened right now with the Yankee bullpen situation. I'm not doing that this week. If the Yankees win, you will do it. That's my point. If Edwin Diaz blows like you know a, a three-run save, you are absolutely going to hammer the I'm Met a fans. Changed man. Oh, I'm telling not. you, I'm a changed man. You're going to see a much different me. All right, uh, let's wrap here. Let's uh, mm-hmm. let you enjoy the beach. We will. This will be out by the time you've listened to it. Lugar may or may not have been bitten by a shark. <laughs> uh, you're following him at Tommy Lugauer. You can follow me at Mraz CBS. We will be with you, of course, talking football. By the time veterans report to camp will be our next episode of One Giant Step, and we'll know who won those Yankee and Met games as well. Lugie, have a great uh, rest of your weekend, buddy. All right, you too, Sean. All right, this has been One Giant Step.